Well, happy Father's Day to all of those fathers out there and to all of those men who have invested in the people in their lives. Becoming a father has has provided a lens for me through which I view um, not only new experiences in my life, but through which I now view experiences that I had growing up. In the fall of 1997, I was a junior in high school. I was 16, and I had a driver's license. I love the chuckle there, like there's no other detail, but you know it's going somewhere. Growing up, my father was an administrator at Hollywood Hills High School, and so, so I, re- I really grew up going to all kinds of Hollywood Hills functions, and Friday nights in the fall, he needed to be at the football games, and so I grew up cheering for the Spartans. Now, in 1997, I no longer needed to ride to the football game with my father because I had a driver's license and I had access to a 1991 Ford Bronco and was ready to hit the road. And so that week, my friends and I, we we laid out plans to, to go to the game and to go grab something to eat afterwards. And Friday afternoon, much like it has this week, it rained. And it rained. Now, we knew that the football game was going to happen regardless of whether or not there was rain. And my my friends and I had no concern about getting wet ourselves. But my parents had some concerns about this 16-year-old driver getting into the car with a group of high school students and driving them around in the rain. But I begged. I pleaded. I, I made the case that that I was prepared, and I was prepared because they had prepared me. That was good, right? And, and, and I won the case. I got the opportunity to go out that evening, and the rain continued. And after the game, we piled into the Bronco and, and headed home. And, and being the wise and mature 16-year-old that I was, and, and trying to travel as efficiently as possible from one place to another, I let my foot push down on that gas pedal a little more through the rain on wet roads, and suddenly in front of me, brake lights. Well, I quickly found the brake, and I, I pressed with a certain amount of force until we hydroplaned. And perhaps you've had that experience of suddenly having zero control over the speed of your vehicle. Those brake lights rushing up to meet us. Until thankfully coming to a stop inches away from the vehicle in front of us. A silence fell over the car as we looked at each other nervously and then continued on our way, far less concerned with travel efficiency that evening. Have you ever had that experience in a vehicle? That sense of having no control. It's unnerving. And this morning, I'd like us to, to think about where else in life 
have you had that experience where you are suddenly confronted with the reality that, that you are pretty powerless? Because I think most of us spend a pretty significant amount of energy convincing ourselves of the opposite, that we are in control, that we have things covered, that, that things have been carefully planned, and that we are living life with a certain amount of influence. But what do we really have control over? And if, if we are believers, don't we believe that God is ultimately holding all of this, working out God's purposes for redemption and restoration? And so if that is true, if God is holding all of this, what is God and what is us? I believe our scripture today has something to say about this, and I want to invite you to open up your Bibles that you have brought with you from home or your pew Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. Well, we'll take a look at the story of Abraham and Sarah having a child together, their story of becoming parents. And as we read through this story, I want you to, I want you to pay attention to Sarah. Abraham's wife, Isaac's eventual mother. I want you to pay attention to her laughter. She laughs twice in this story. And I want you to be able to answer two questions. When does Sarah laugh? And perhaps more importantly, why does Sarah laugh? From chapter 18 in Genesis, beginning at verse 1. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing near him. And when he saw them, he, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. And then he took curds and milk and the calf that they had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, and it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, Oh, yes. 
you did laugh. And now, continuing in chapter 21, the Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would, have ever said to Abraham, who would have ever said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, and yet I have borne him a son in his old age? Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when does Sarah laugh, and, and why? Why does she laugh? She laughs first here in verse 12, and she laughs when she is told that she will bear a child. And why does she laugh at that news? Well, she laughs at the absurdity of the notion that she could become a mother at her age. And did you hear it? When does she laugh the second time? Right there at the end in in chapter 21, verse 6, when Isaac is born. She says, God has brought laughter to me. She laughs at the arrival of her son, Isaac. Sarah laughs in joy. In fact, her son's name, Isaac, means laughter in Hebrew. But but these are two very different kinds of laughs, aren't they? The first is a, ha, yeah, right, sort of laugh. And she's not mocking God. Her skepticism is it's rooted in her experience of, of life, of what she has known to be true about how the human body works. It's based on what she knows to be possible. The second laugh is of a very different quality. Have you, have you ever experienced that kind of joyous laughter, the kind of laughter that happens when you experience something so wonderful you can hardly believe it's possible and you can't help but laugh so what is going on here what's what are we to understand from this story i want to review for just a minute to see how we got here in in genesis chapter 12 We read the story of of God appearing to Abraham and calling Abraham and Sarah out of the land of Ur, out of their homeland, to journey to what we will come to know as the land of Canaan, where God promises that Abraham and Sarah will give birth to a new nation. And in the subsequent chapters, we catalog their journey, and we find Abraham and Sarah now, later in the story, much older and still without any children of their own. You see, up to this point, Sarah has been unable to bear children, and and so they take matters into their own hands. Sarah tells Abraham to have a child with her servant, Hagar. Now, that's a story for a different day. In fact, we're going to 
talk about that some next Sunday. But you see, this wasn't what God had promised. It was not what God had in mind. And so we find this interaction here where God explains what will take place, that Sarah will bear a child. And as I mentioned, Sarah's reaction is not unreasonable. She doesn't even laugh out loud at the suggestion that she will give birth in her age. She laughs to herself. And God asks, why does Sarah laugh? God says, is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? Old Testament writer, and interestingly, one of Patrick's former professors at Columbia Seminary, Walter Brueggemann, he brilliantly points out that this is the question. Is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? Is there? How do you answer that question? And, and I, I don't want you to answer that out loud. Because, because I, think, I think I know how you would answer it. If, if you have grown up, perhaps, in the church, you, you sort of intellectually understand what the answer to that question should be. What I want you to consider this morning is, what does your life testify as your answer to that question? Is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? You see, answering no to that question, no, there is nothing too wonderful for the Lord, necessarily has significant implications for the way we live and experience life. Answering no, there is nothing too wonderful for the Lord is an invitation into true faith. To be clear, to say that there is nothing too wonderful for the Lord, it has nothing to do with God giving us everything that we want. Remember, it was God's plan for Sarah to bear a child, and so she does, regardless of age or physical ability. Answering no, there is nothing too wonderful for the Lord. Stepping into this invitation to true faith means earnestly seeking to desire what God desires for us. It means handing over the initiative for our own lives. It means releasing control. It means stepping away from that illusion that if we were to just hold on hard enough, we could manipulate all of the outcomes of our lives. This question, it's an invitation to, to loosen the grip, to put down the worry and to give ourselves over.
living into the answer, no, there is nothing too wonderful for the Lord, means freedom. It means a life of hopefulness and release from hopelessness. Is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? Japan is the first ever um, society to be classified as a super-aging society. With one in three people there categorized as elderly. And so in Japan, industry, academia, and government are working together in order to implement various initiatives in order to address the the increasing number of patients with age-related diseases like dementia. These diseases that lead to more and more serious outcomes. And And I recently came across one such initiative. Perhaps you've heard about it. It's called the Restaurant of Mistaken Orders. It was opened by Japanese entrepreneur Shiro Oguni. And it's a pop-up restaurant that employs a waitstaff made up almost exclusively of people with dementia. Now, Oguni shared that the impetus for starting the restaurant came from an interaction that he had with a group home for people with dementia. And he, he said this, Like everybody else, my awareness of the disease at first tended towards negative images of people who were radically forgetful and aimlessly wandering about. But actually, many of them could, could cook and clean, do laundry, go shopping, and do normal things for themselves. But he observed that these negative perceptions that that exist within society lead these people into lives of isolation. And so Oguni sought to create a place where people with dementia could contribute meaningfully and be in community with others. He sought to create a restaurant with a feel of open-mindedness and acceptance in order to spread awareness about dementia and hopefully lower the social stigma around it. He sought to create a place where people could have meaning, contribute in meaningful ways. I encourage you to look it up. It's a beautiful story, and you can find video and pictures of people dining together in the restaurant. And as you observe it, the joy that is being experienced there around the table together is palpable. I also read that about 37% of the orders were, in fact, mistaken. but that more than 99% of customers report being very happy with their meal because customers prioritized a memorable experience over their own desires. 
See, I believe that the bliss the customers enjoy is in large part because they have given themselves over to the experience. They have released the initiative for their own lives in this dining experience. They have released their desire for control and given themselves over to faith in the people in charge. Friends, is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? The question is an invitation to trust that God is in charge of our lives. Look, this world is not filled with joyous laughter at the exclusion of everything else, right? I mean, the reason that we tend to laugh at at ideas like this, just like Sarah did at the news of her unlikely pregnancy, is because of our own experience. Our cynicism is reasonable. But the gospel is not reasonable. And there's an invitation out there to give yourself over to the God of everything wonderful to open up your hands and to loosen the grip on the illusion of control that you are clinging to. The human condition, our sinfulness, our reasonableness, compels us to laugh like Sarah at the thought that God can bring life into the barren places of our lives. But our faith, Our faith sets us on a path to laugh like Sarah in joy for all that God promises to do in you and in me. Friends, let this be our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.